right, guys and gals, welcome back to the second episode of the Football Lab Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Corey, uh, joined by Jared. Uh, Frank is here in spirit. He started the recording and then left. Um, All right, so I guess, you know, first things first, uh, to anyone that actually listened to the first episode and gave feedback, we appreciate it. Uh, We didn't really know how often we were going to do this, but after the feedback we got, kind of like, hey, let's just go ahead and record another one. So thanks to y'all. Yeah, I appreciate it as well. It gives me uh, something, something fun to do while talking about college football, which has been sorely missed. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, check out the socials. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. We've got Instagram. we got Twitter. We have a Reddit page, I believe. Um, so, yeah, check all that out. And we'll have to post all that on our website, and we'll get all the information to clear up exactly what is what. Yeah, well, yeah, this is, uh, Frank told us to do this, so this is where we're at. Um, all right, so let's start with AP Top 25. Um, it looks pretty standard. There's nothing that really jumps out at me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's the same as every preseason poll. It is, um, a lot of teams are right where they should be. Uh, and then you've got a handful that are just positioned somewhere because I feel like it, it it creates, you know, talking points and gets the discussion going. Uh, the first one that jumps off to me is Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, I get why they're number two. Um, I mean, they've got the best returning quarterback, you could argue, in the country. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I get it. I think, for me, I think Notre Dame's a little high. Yeah. I, I think uh, I'd probably put ULL a little higher, too. Really, they've got they they have like ninety seven percent returning production. It's actually yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, you're right, and I mean, I guess you could argue the same for Coastal Carolina. I I would, and I mean, this may be controversial or unpopular, but I would slate Coastal Carolina or Louisiana Lafayette both to beat Texas or Washington. Uh, now Texas might be different with Steve Sarkeesian at the helm. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, they've got a lot. A lot of talent coming back. I mean, ninety-seven percent. I mean, that's pretty much everybody. And Texas is breaking in a new quarterback. Any which way you look at it, right? Uh, I mean, they got Bijan Robinson coming back. He's really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, Texas. I I haven't looked at their schedule, but I'm I'm imagine it's probably going to take them a little bit of time to get things rolling. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I can see. Um, well, they play ULL the first game of the year, so they don't. It's going to be. We'll find out pretty quick if they should be ranked higher than Texas or not. Yes, for sure. Uh, how do you feel about Texas A&M at six? Uh, I mean, you know how I feel about Texas A&M. I think that's high. I understand why they're that high. Um, they return two really good running backs. They return most of their defense. They have four, they're going to have four new starters on the offensive line and a new quarterback. Yeah, that's not a good combination on the offensive side of the ball, which is everything now. Right. I think that's why Oklahoma got the green light to go but, to two because they yeah. have all of that. Defense be damned. Like, they're getting all that back on one side of the ball. But, I mean, Jimbo also gets the benefit of the doubt because he has won a national championship. So, I mean, but, I, I understand why they're six. I had to put them – who do you rank above them? I don't think – you can't put Ohio State above them. You can't put Iowa State above them. You can't put Cincinnati above them. North Carolina, maybe. Um, See, I, I was thinking Iowa State and North Carolina right off the rip could be higher than A&M. Why do you say no to Iowa State being ahead of A&M? I mean, especially for a preseason poll. preseason poll, you're 
brand name programs, quote unquote, are always going to be higher than the unbrand name programs. And Iowa State and North Carolina, at least as far as football goes, are not super brand name programs like a Texas A&M or. I mean, yeah, I get it. The preseason, preseason polls mean nothing, especially the AP. I mean, the coaches poll kind of I put yeah. a little more stock into, even though the coaches vote very petty. Like uh, Spur, Spurrier voting uh, Duke <laughs> at 25 pretty much every year, forever. Yeah. Love it. And then Dabo last year, he what did he do? He did he something. Put a, he put Ohio State at like 12 and <laughs> lost the playoff game. <laughs> yeah, so, what a move. Great. What a move. That's I, I'm with you though. Like this, this poll holds no water to me. I mean, as a Georgia fan, like I have been ranked in the top three. Well, me, uh, Georgia has been ranked in the top three several times, and I've watched all of those times just not matter right. at all. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure, like all of LSU's national championships, I think the highest we were ranked in the preseason poll was like five or six. If I remember right, I think we were like 15 or 13 the year we went and played in the national title yeah. game. I mean, it. I know a lot of LSU fans, it was kind of a joke. Like, we'd rather be ranked 16 than we would be to be like three. Yeah, and we were actually talking this about this before we started. I would rather be in LSU's position of 16 right now than Georgia's position of five. Right. Just, and But I'm not, you know, I don't really care. I'm going to let the football do the talking. You know, if we beat Clemson right off the rip, that's going to put us up. And then we've got our schedule, which Georgia's schedule looks in our favor at the moment, despite, you know, just things happening around the program. But we'll get to that. Yeah, well, we'll, that's a good we'll transition, be, actually. Yeah. So let's talk, let's talk about, you know, our both of our favorite players, Eric Gilbert. So, I mean... So yeah. what have you what have you heard? You're closer to the I mean, you don't we don't have connections or anything, but you're closer to the program than I am. So what what did you hear happen? So what's being said out in the national media is that he has well, had some personal, personal bullshit. His personal the, issues and he's away from the team. Well, what I've been hearing is that him and coach Smart got into it at practice. Uh, I don't know exactly over what, but essentially he just left and there's been rumors speculating that he could want to transfer to Clemson, which we've talked about this prior that I, I cannot imagine after all he's done in a six month time span, I can't imagine Clemson is going to want him. Well, or, the rumor, the rumor was that he wanted to go to Clemson when he was going to leave LSU, but Dabo just flat out told him no. So I can't imagine, yeah. can't imagine what happened to George is going to make Dabo change his mind. Well, in a, in a similar rumor going around was that Georgia told him like, thanks, but no thanks. And it really wasn't about all the other issues. I mean, he's from Marietta, right? He, it was between him and, um, Washington, Washington Darnell Washington for one and two, uh, rated yeah. tight ends that year, but Darnell committed and he hadn't yet. So he ends up going to LSU. So, which was the shock of the century at the time. No, uh, yeah. one, no one picked him to go to LSU. Yeah, that was not at all what I expected. But so that happens. Then he halfway through last season just decides to opt out for any number of reasons that Personal you probably <laughs> that you probably know better than I. I mean, I heard a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, there's some local radio hosts that were like, if your kid went through the same thing, you'd want him to get as far away from LSU as possible. So I don't know what happened. Um to me, you know, kids, he's obviously got some some issues. Like, he needs to get some type of, like, legitimate help. I don't, I don't have any hard feelings for the guy. I mean, he kind of 
pissed on LSU when we bend over backwards to get him eligible and then he just leaves first chance he gets. But, I mean, I get it. I mean, if he didn't want to be here, I don't want him to be here. You know, if you're that miserable in Baton Rouge, get out of Baton Rouge. Hey, and I feel the same way as a Georgia fan. Like, I want him to get whatever help he needs because obviously he needs something or he needs to get away from certain people that I, I, I don't know what his deal is. I mean, we're 2-0 without him, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean – you know, it, it sucks because we had George Pickens go down and then he just like falls into our lap out of nowhere. And we're just kind of like, well, this is a great, you know, it's not, it's not George Pickens, but it's a great, <laughs> it's a great placeholder. Right. It's not a bad backup. No. And, um, you know, whatever went down and him leaving, I mean, he's going to have to be careful because he's burning some bridges for himself. I mean, everywhere he goes. And, right. And that's kind of the thing too. We, we talked about this for the podcast. Began. I mean, He's at the point now where I mean he's hurting his NFL draft stock more than anything. Yeah, he's, he's got to really... find somewhere to go. I mean, Tennessee will take him, and I know his high school quarterback to Tennessee. Yeah, um, Auburn will probably take him. I mean, there's a lot of schools that'll take him. Um, and he's obviously going to be eligible now because of what he used LSU to get eligible because right. he went to Florida, found out he couldn't play, goes back right. to LSU. I mean, that was, yeah, that was an <laughs> academic thing. Um, yeah, but I mean. That bridge is completely burnt. I seriously doubt Ed would take him back oh, if he went back. Hell no. <laughs> yeah, at this point, he's just like, no, no. Pull me once, shame <laughs> on me. Pull me twice, can't get pulled again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as far as that goes, like, I wish him all the best. And I hope he, you know, and they haven't ruled out him coming back to Georgia. I just feel like with his given track record and the rumors I'm hearing, he's gone. And wherever he goes, best of luck to him. And But I have the same sentiment. If he's not with us, we've got a lot of talent. I would rather him not be a locker room problem. I'd rather him be an asset, not a hindrance. And I did hear some of that. I did hear he was kind of toxic in the locker room. So, I mean, 2020 was rough on everybody. You know, you go to college as a football player and you're expecting to be able to go out to the bars and go do all the stuff. And, you know, your first season on campus, you're locked in a room. Staring yeah. at your wall, twenty four seven. I get it. It's yeah, you, you you think you're going to be your <laughs> class one on one on being the man, and you end up at the longest yard, essentially. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, you can't do any of the things you want, but I mean, you just can't. I don't know. I don't know what is ultimate. What's going on with him? But yeah, I agree with you. I think he just needs to to get some help. For sure. For sure. All right. So there's really no other big headlines. Um, I mean, D, the Clemson quarterback, DJ, I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Signs <laughs> the NIL deal with Dr. Pepper, which is, to me, that's a weird one because they're the sponsor of the college football playoff. Yeah, that does seem like there is some conflict of interest there. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, Clemson is probably a pretty safe bet to make the college football playoff pretty much every year he's there. So, I mean, I guess it's a smart idea, but I don't know, that one's kind of weird to me. Yeah, um, supposedly JT Daniels also landed a seven-figure deal. With who? Uh, a trading card company. Oh, God. Uh, it doesn't don't, say don't tell who. Logan. <laughs> it doesn't say who at the moment. Um, but apparently he announced that he has the potential to land this deal, and his plan is to share money with his teammates. Yeah, I've seen some other, I've seen some other guys doing that, too. That's a good idea. I like it. Yeah, I mean, especially if I'm a QB... I'm oh, pay- for sure. My, my offensive line is getting something. Yeah, I'm paying him hog mollies, man. <laughs> yeah, no you keep me upright, and I'm going to cut you off a big fat one, son. 
right. So today we're going to discuss uh, Big Twelve and Pac Twelve. Uh, you want to? You have? Do you care which one we start with? It doesn't matter. I just assume Pac twelve because I feel like we're probably the least knowledgeable about that one. No way. Uh, it, a guy from uh, Georgia and a guy from LSU don't know all that much about Pac twelve football. Yeah, I mean, and the fact is, we know probably. I mean, Oregon. Uh, I forgot Washington existed last week. So, yeah, that happens. But you know, there's not there's not a lot going on in the Pac-12. Well, I mean, the, the ultimate deal with the Pac-12 is um, Larry Scott. That was his name, right? Their, uh, their former conference commissioner. Yeah, that's right. He ran them into the ground. I mean, he absolutely they, did. He spent all the conferences' money. They had terrible TV deals, which they still have. Um, so yeah, man, that guy, that guy sucks. Yeah, he's done them no favors, and the conference as a whole really suffered last year. They only played six games. Um, right. You say they played seven somehow. Yeah, I noticed that every team played six, and you so did Oregon State. Oregon, oh, State, Oregon State also played. I guess I guess that's your seventh game guess, right yeah, there. I guess they had. Yeah, <laughs> I guess they were trying to go for seven, and they didn't quite get there. Well, either way, good for them. They. Uh, UCLA went three and four, and Oregon State went two and five. <laughs> yeah. Somehow Washington played four games. Yeah, I mean, so did Colorado. They only played four games. Yeah. No, this, okay, we're looking at it wrong. Are we? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. They played six games. Yeah. Overall, that's the conference. We're. <laughs> this is a growing pain with this. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. All right. well, it still it still pans out true for some of them. Washington only played four games, and it looks right. like the majority of everyone else either played six or seven, with the exception of Washington State and Cal, who also only played four, played four games. games. Arizona Here. State only played four games. Um, who do you think wins the Pac-12 South? Uh, I guess the smart money is probably on USC. Um, Arizona State should be pretty good too, but I think it depends on what happens with them with all their recruiting stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this year is going to go largely unaffected. Um, it's going to, yeah, it's really, I do too. But I, I think, um, I really think for the longest time, some of the cast they had, like Nikhil Harry, was really boosting them, and I don't think they've recruited well since. We'll see. We'll see. They're a team that could go either way, but well, they've got an experienced quarterback in Jaden Daniels, who's good. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I mean, they got some, they had some transfers coming and stuff. Uh, Arizona, I don't look for them to do anything more. I think Arizona's going to be hot garbage. Yeah, they're, they're, they're starting a freshman quarterback, I do believe. So that's that's just bad news all around. And Utah's always kind of tricky because um, – what's the coach's name, Tyne Winningham? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a good coach. Um, Colorado, I mean, Colorado means a crapshoot. Yeah, I mean, I was reading some forums today uh, about Colorado trying to like, – because when was the last time you heard about Colorado for real? I mean, I feel like Tyrone Wheatley was a running back there the last time I heard about Colorado. Um, when Mike McIntyre was head coach in like 2016 or 2017, I remember them being pretty good. It yes. imploded like a year after that, but I remember for that one season they were pretty good. Now, Utah also got Charlie Brewer uh, as a grad transfer. Yeah, I mean, Charlie I mean, Brewer, he's a game manager. I don't he's not like he's not going to win you games. Uh, but he won't be the guy to lose well, games either. So well, I was going to say by default he may just win Utah a bunch of games in the Pac-12. So, what he was at Baylor, <laughs> That's a good he point. he That's may a be a, a plus one over in at Utah. So, 
He may he may make himself some money this year. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I don't recognize a lot of names on the step chart, but oh, they got a lot. Of, Chris Curry, Chris Curry, my guy. I mean, you got a lot of youth. I don't see a single senior. Is there? Is, there is not a single. Yeah, but I mean, they've got to get. There's got to be. They got to find a playmaker at the end of the day. I, mean, I yeah. love Chris Curry, but he's not breaking off eighty yard <laughs> touchdown runs. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have a single a single start in senior. That usually doesn't bode well. The only seniors they got are two grad transfers that are not necessarily brought into the program and what it's been through. So we'll see. Right. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Charlie Brewer at Utah probably gets him a lot more games than whoever's behind him. Yeah. Um, UCLA is interesting. Um, I mean, they return a lot of production. I know they only went three and four last year, but from what, from what I understand, they they were they looked good. It was a lot of close games. Um, yeah, but but there's a part of me that feels like that is that's just UCLA to a T. Though I feel like they're always in the games, but they just never come out with anything. The one thing yeah. though, is they do have a returning senior quarterback and a lot of junior wide receivers, running back, tight end, offensive linemen. They got a lot of they got a lot of upper classmen on both sides of the ball, so. That's true. Uh, I mean, Chip Kelly offense. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna score. They're gonna. I, score. I just you know you always, with Chip Kelly you always kind of worry about the depth because if there's one thing Chip Kelly does not like doing, it's recruiting. <laughs> so he doesn't seem like a people person, does he? He just I don't think he just, I, yeah he doesn't like talking to people. <laughs> you want to play football for me or not? Yeah. <laughs> like that's all I got yeah. for you. <laughs> that's a, hey, that's an excitement approach. So yeah, I'm with you. I feel like USC is probably the winner here, and I feel like I second. A, I think it's a two way race between USC and Arizona State. Maybe oh, okay. if Charlie, if Charlie Brewer, if they can find some playmakers, Utah can probably make a run on it. But I think USC and Arizona State are probably two best bets. Yeah, and see, I was going to say USC and Utah. Uh, Colorado could surprise people, but I feel like I mean. I feel like saying Utah or Arizona State to me is a toss-up because we really don't know the damage that was done from all the, you know, reckless recruiting infractions that happened during 2020. Yeah. I mean, they made it out like it was this huge, giant scandal, and then when they shared it, I was just like... Well, I mean, they, they, mean, they just, broke the rules, and yeah. in a year where there's a lot of rules, you probably don't want to break the rules. I mean, it's not anything... It's not anything worse than any other program's ever done in the history of recruiting, but at the same time, I mean, well, you got to get up all the rules. Yeah, but they were calling. For, there were a lot of people saying on the front end, it's like they could get the death penalty and all this, and I'm like, uh, well, I don't. You know, the NCAA loves to hammer people on recruiting violations. Yeah, watch out, Mizzou. Watch out, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Do not ever talk about yourself in a bad light. They'll come and get you. For, don't self-report. Don't self-report. <laughs> if you're Missouri. Yeah, if you're Missouri. <laughs> All right, Pac-12 North. Um, like I said last week, or like I said earlier, I forgot Washington was in the Pac-12. Um, <laughs> that's on me. And the funny thing is, like, you know, I'm a huge NCAA 14 guy. I still play that game all the time. Yeah. I, I was, the co- like, one of my coaches was at Washington for, like, six years. <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot they existed. Well, um, Nab is the best of them. No doubt. So, I mean, it's, it's most likely going to be Oregon. Um, I think Washington – could make it interesting. It depends how they, you know, how they do an offense. The defense yeah. would be good, but I don't really know what they have on offense. Yeah, and and here's another thing: Pac-12 defense. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm coming across as a Pac-12 hater, but Pac-12 defenses just do not. They do not make me. I don't really think anything. I don't feel anything. Like when you mentioned Washington, Utah, 
I mean, I know I'm crossing north and south here, but you mentioned any of these teams in the Pac-12. I'm just like, wow, their defense is pretty good. <laughs> I think of Thibodeau from Oregon. Well, no, I mean, Washington's had a legit defense for, like, pretty much ever since the coach had just left. I can't remember his name. I, I, and see, this is <laughs> – I feel like they've got a legit defense for the Pac-12. That's fair. I mean, I just don't feel like it would compare to anything. Well, it's not an SEC defense. I mean, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I, but. No, I'm just feeling like you. I mean, let's see. Some of these guys. Uh, somebody plays Ohio State right off the rip. Um, I feel like Washington plays Michigan in week two. Mm, that's not really a good. I feel like it was Oregon. No, that was last year. They were supposed to. I don't know if that's the same for this year. Oh yeah, this is. Well, I'm looking up the 21 schedule. No, they do. They go to uh, they go to Ohio State uh, the second week of the season. Oh so God. I guess that was a back to back because uh, because Ohio State was supposed to go out there for 2020. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, I'm not sure how State's going to match up this year. I feel like Oregon might have their number, and the only reason I think that is just because Ohio State's got to break in a new quarterback. But I mean, Ohio State is loaded outside. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, when you're talking about the teams that have by far the most talent, they're up there. Yeah, I mean, they, they're they not going to skip a beat anywhere on that team except for the possibility of quarterback, You'd, and who knows. Yeah. So if their quarterback even plays halfway decent, they're going to be in the playoffs again. <laughs> Probably, right. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think, um, I think it's going to be – there's a possibility Stanford could be up there, but I think it's going to be between Oregon and – either Stanford or Washington to take that. So I'll just call it now. I think the Pac-12 championship is Oregon and USC. That's my that's my money bet. Give me Oregon and Arizona State. Oregon and Arizona State? Who are you taking, uh, who are you taking to win that matchup? Probably Oregon. Yeah. Um, I think Arizona State can make it interesting. Um, I mean, USC's got Slovis. I mean, USC's got a ton of talent, you know, considering how terrible they've been and how yeah, they, pretty much everybody else has kind of pillaged you, uh, California over the years because USC hasn't been great. But, I mean, they still got some really good players. They picked up um, they picked up a bunch of players from Texas because they hired the Texas recruiting coordinator. Yep, sure did. Um, Which, you got to wonder, do you think some of these transfers from Texas to USC, do you think they're regretting their decisions now of – who the head coach is down there. I don't know. I mean, like a guy like Jake Smith, I'm pretty sure he transferred after they named Sarkeesian the coach. <laughs> he was just like, I've been here. This isn't, <laughs> this and isn't then changing. Then Ingram, the running back who, I mean, you're not going to get a whole lot of carries with John Robinson there. So, I mean, you got to do something. Yeah. You got Ismail Softshirt from Bama, who's not great, but yeah, they do. bust. Yeah, they've got quite a few transfers starting. That is, I'm surprised by that. But who who knows with USC? It's been so long since the Pac-12 has had a really strong team, and I feel like it, the only time you ever hear it is Oregon. Right. Right. So, I mean, you say Arizona State, I say USC, and I say Oregon wins the day. I think we both agree that Oregon's the most likely team to win it. The only issue that I have with Oregon is their starting quarterback is a transfer uh, grad transfer uh, from Boston College, Anthony Brown. Right. Don't know a lot about that guy. Um, 
I mean, maybe he comes in there and he runs it fine, but the the one thing I see on their depth chart is freshman, freshman, freshman. They've got they'd have no other option but a true freshman to start quarterback for them if their grad transfer quarterback, you know, opts out or gets hurt or whatever. So Ty Thompson, one of the I guess technically the third string quarterback right now. I remember there was some brief talk of him possibly coming to LSU. So I remember watching some of his highlight videos. He's got an arm. He's he's he could. I mean, if they if Anthony Brown you know doesn't get the job done or gets hurt or you know opts out or whatever happens, I mean, it may it's going to hurt them in the long run. But I yeah, and and here's something too. I think one of the big differences in college that that happens to guys going to the NFL. And this is a prime example of something that happened to Georgia. Jacob Eason was at Georgia and got hurt and never got his starting job back from Jake Fromm. Right. Jacob Eason probably has one of the strongest arms I've ever seen, but his decision-making is suspect. So, I mean, you can have a cannon if you're throwing it to the wrong guy. It's not going to do you any good. I mean, Marcus Russell could throw it 80 yards on one knee. Yeah. can throw it anywhere near anybody, but you can throw it 80 yards on one knee. I got to tell you, man, like, I didn't like that guy necessarily just watching him. It's not like a personal beef, but at the same time, what a tragedy that that guy couldn't get it together. I mean, Jared, they gave him blank (laughs) DVDs and asked him the next day, what did you think of the film we gave you? And he goes, oh, coach, it was really good. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, oh, my Lord, dude, what are you doing? I mean – Thank the Lord for Joe Burrow, or that would have been our our legacy of the number one draft pick is Jamarcus Russell. <sighs> yeah, I mean but that's the funny thing because I mean all these publications are talking about you know he goes off against Notre Dame in some bowl game, and everybody's like, oh Jamarcus Russell's number one pick. Oh Jamarcus Russell's all this great, all you know this great quarterback. And you ask any LG fan, and they're like, he's not that good. <laughs> he's yeah, just, he's got a hell of an arm. Yeah, and see, that's the way it was with Jacob Eason. Um, even when Kirby came on, um, he Jake Fromm just didn't throw interceptions. That's what it boiled down to. We also had Nick Chubb and um, Sonny Michelle, so not a need yeah, to throw sure. a lot. Now, I mean, that error is passed. we got to throw the ball. Yeah, you have to. Can't win Can't win championship with running the ball and uh, playing defense anymore. It just doesn't work. All right, so we both got Oregon win Pac-12. Um, let's swap over to the Big 12 now. I think that's probably the more interesting discussion of the two. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Big 12, we kind of talked about last week. I mean, Oklahoma and Iowa State are your two front runners. Yeah, for sure. Um, let me look at their schedules. So Oklahoma has... Opens up the season pretty easy. Tulane, you at Tulane. That is, that's a strange one. Well, how did you go to New Orleans to play Tulane? West know. Carolina, Nebraska, West Virginia, Kansas State. So, I mean, they, they don't really play anybody really good until Texas. And that's debatable if Texas is really good or not. Yeah, and I, I feel like I saw uh, the Tulane thing as a contract, something to do with the contract deal. Right. Whoever signed that contract needs to be fired. Well, I guess that's why they're coming to the SEC. <laughs> yeah. Um, Iowa State has to play Iowa at week two, so that would be an interesting game. Yeah. But then, I mean, they've got – I mean, November's rough because they go Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, TCU. TCU is always kind of a sneaky game. Yeah, I feel like TCU is always that – that's a, that's a rough one to finish on. 
Um, I just don't see them. That's unfortunate they got to play Oklahoma there at the end. I don't think Iowa State is going to beat Oklahoma this year. I mean, Brock Purdy's pretty good. It'll probably come down to, like, who's healthier at that point, who's got less injuries. Yeah. I mean, to add Oklahoma. Yeah, that's, that doesn't help. That doesn't help at all. I, I mean, I could see Iowa being undefeated up until that Oklahoma game, and yeah, that's going to be rough. I mean, Iowa State could very well win it. I just don't see how you beat Oklahoma at, at home this year. Um, uh, do you have the Kansas schedule pulled up in front of you? <laughs> no, but I can get it real quick. Okay. Um, just looking at their schedule, they may only win one game next year, and that's a strong maybe because they play South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> I was fixing to say, is it going to be their first one? Yeah. I mean, at Coastal Carolina, Baylor, at Duke, which I mean, Duke. So let's just go ahead. We'll just go ahead and say it. There is a legit chance Kansas could go. Lose. Could be. Uh, yeah, they could go two years without winning a game. Oof. Oof. Which, I mean, I don't think that's that rare for Kansas football. Yeah, I mean, thank God for basketball, Kansas. No doubt. Um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Oklahoma State's going to do this year? You know, it's. I feel like Oklahoma State's a team I watch a fairly good amount. I know nothing about them except for Mike Gundy. <laughs> and he cut his mullet, man. I know, dude. It's so, devastating. They, I mean, it. It's like I, I do remember seeing Spencer Sanders Spencer Sanders play a couple times last year. He looked pretty good. Um, I don't know, man. I just feel like it's just kind of a revolving door with them. They're not ever going to be, you know, really really great, but they're never really going to be that bad. You know, I think like nine and three, eight and four every year is kind of just Oklahoma State football. Yeah, I. Um... It's weird. I feel like they can go on a tear and be really good, but I, I just don't see them. Well, it's always tough. It's tough when you're always going to be second fiddle to you, another team in your state. Well, uh, I guess they could always look forward to in a year or two, because <laughs> uh, they're, they're very likely going to be the best team outside of Iowa State in this division as soon as Texas and OU leaves. Which I would argue, Oklahoma State is already better than Texas. It, yeah, it, really, it just depends on what Texas does this year. Yeah, and looking at Texas' schedule, I mean, they open up with ULL, which will be interesting. It should be it should be a pretty entertaining game. Uh, then they go to Arkansas, uh, which they they are they're more talented than Arkansas. They can beat Arkansas. Then they have Rice, Texas Tech, at TCU, and then the Red River Shootout. Um, I mean, they could. Be undefeated going into the Oklahoma game. I mean, if they're undefeated going to the Oklahoma game, they're probably a top 15, top 10 team, maybe. Um, so, uh, this is a little bit of a segue of something I read earlier in the or later last week. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma very seriously could go undefeated. Uh, Nebraska on the other hand, might just get the moral victory of owning the lawsuit that started <laughs> Big 12 football playing last year. No doubt. They, uh, I mean, they're in the Big 10, but they... <laughs> I saw that they got to play Oklahoma. Was that week? It's uh, early. Yeah, it's, it's like week three, I think. Week three. Yeah, 
I just saw that and had to laugh because I thought about that. Um, Oklahoma really doesn't have anyone in their way until Iowa State and Oklahoma State right at the end of the year. I mean, the Texas game could be interesting. Um, it always I mean, that is. gives that gives. I mean, that gives Texas like five weeks to get you know figure out what they want to do. Yeah, for that's sure. enough time for Sarkeesian to kind of figure out what he's got. So I mean, it could be it could be a close game. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think it was Ellinger's freshman year is when they beat Oklahoma. I remember Logan was at the time was doing a lot of college football betting. He was like, I think I'm pretty sure I'm going to take Oklahoma in the points. I was like, dude, I never bet on rivalry games. I would especially not bet on this rivalry game. It's always weird. Sure enough, they Oklahoma the next one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those rivalry games, they'll get you. And, and, and here's the thing, too. I'm looking at Texas' schedule now. I know you just read over it earlier. Uh, if I were Texas, I'd be scared to death to play Arkansas this year. Um, I mean, they're replacing a certain quarterback. I don't. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert on Arkansas's depth chart, but I don't know, man. Um, Chad Morris did such a terrible job there. I think it's going to take a couple years. I mean, for sure. I just think that Sam Pittman, uh, basically with the schedule they pulled out last year, Arkansas was a miracle compared to what they should have been. Yeah. Was he the SEC coach of the year? Because he should have been. I, You know, I don't know. But I, I agree was. with you. I, I think he was. If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure he won it. And you are no Nick Saban was. Oh my god! <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, and especially at Arkansas, uh, that'd be tricky. But if gun to my head, I pick Texas. They have more talent. Oh yeah, they shouldn't lose a game up until the Oklahoma game, and they shouldn't lose one after. I mean, maybe Oklahoma State or Iowa State, but I mean, they shouldn't lose many games. Uh, let's see, Kansas State, eh. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think uh, about Baylor? Um, well, with their... Because uh, we saw, like, absolutely nothing out of Baylor last year. Well, I mean, they won two games. It just felt like they phoned it in, like they were never... Well, they had a lot of issues with uh, COVID. They had a ton of COVID issues. Yeah. Uh, but I, so that's what I mean. Like, I don't feel like they took any of that serious, and it ended up costing them a lot of football. And the funny thing about Baylor is, once again, to go back to NCAA 2014, like, I actually know like, the majority of the roster because Baylor was one of the teams I was playing as. So, like, I actually know all of these names. I don't know how good they are in real life, but in NCAA 14, I torture you with all these guys. Yeah, but they do have a rough – I mean, they got an easy opener because they play Texas State – to Texas Southern and Kansas, and then they've got pretty rough go of it. They've got to play Iowa State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, BYU, Texas, TCU, Oklahoma. <laughs> that's that's what they open up. I mean, they have three weeks to kind of get the groove, and then it's just a slaughter fest for the next six, seven weeks. So yeah, I, I like Dave Aranda. I don't know if he's going to be the best head coach in the world, but. <clears throat> Yeah, he's kind of going into a rough situation there, and he may turn out to be one of those guys that's a great coordinator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not a that's, great I mean, head coach. It's, it's very true. I mean, that's that is the truth of the matter. Um, West Virginia, I have no idea. And it, it's funny because I think you know you hear West Virginia because of Dan Holgerson for all those years. You think high power offense, but I'm pretty sure they're like a defensive team now, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, 
but I kind of put them in the same bucket with Texas Tech and TCU. They play at Maryland the first week of the season. That'll be an interesting game. And they got LIU, which I don't know what that is. And then Virginia Tech. And they got to go at Oklahoma. Yeah, I just don't know what you're going to get out of them. I, I mean, when it comes to TCU, West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas Tech, I just don't know what you're going to get out of those guys. Yeah, it's a crapshoot for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, get, I think it's safe to say Kansas and Baylor are probably going to be terrible. Texas Tech, Kansas State, West Virginia, TCU, middle of the road. Your next tier is probably I think Texas, Texas Tech probably falls into that terrible category, honestly. They're not They're not. I watched far. the Texas Tech game last year. They're not good. Yeah. I, the only hope that I gave them is they were turning some talent. But, <sighs> I mean, they're barely better than Baylor in my book. Uh, I would say your next tier is Texas, Oklahoma State, and then the next tier up is Oklahoma, Iowa State. So, I mean, I think the Big 12 championship is going to be Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Oklahoma wins. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing about them because it's not – you play every team in your conference and they still have a conference championship game after that, right? Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. Well, they implemented that because they tried to pull the – was it Baylor and – was it Oklahoma? Where they were like their co-champions and then – the selection committee just said, well, neither of you are getting in, so they just left both of them out. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, that's great. Yeah, so I, I, as a whole, though, I don't uh, – no one in the Pac-12 in my book, if you had to pick the four teams to make the playoff, no one in the Pac-12 is making it, and Oklahoma's the only one out of this group. If Oregon – if Oregon beats Ohio State and then – you know, drops like a game to like Oregon State or something like that, and they go eleven and one. I could see them getting in, or yeah. twelve and one because they win the the Pac twelve championship. Yeah, now if Oregon if Oregon beats Ohio State, and really that goes, I mean, that goes for any of the teams in the Pac twelve. If USC goes undefeated, they're going to get in. Uh, I mean, it's not likely to be seen, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that no Pac twelve team gets in. Has a Pac has a Pac twelve team even been to the playoffs yet? Uh, I feel Oregon. Like Oregon made it once. Oregon, yeah. yeah. Oregon, and then they got curb stomped, I believe. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, no one will ever get curb stomped more than Michigan State did. That literally, I mean, that derailed their whole program. They had them <laughs> in the same sense. Uh, yeah, that, that was not pretty to watch. I don't, um, I, I think as far as the Big 12 goes, I mean, Texas could have, I mean, I just don't think he's going to turn Texas around. Texas going to have path. a good year. They're not going to have a good enough year to make the playoff. I don't think so either. When you're talking about the Big 12, I think it's either Iowa State or Oklahoma, with Oklahoma most likely being the team that gets in. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I could see uh, Oklahoma having a hiccup and Iowa State getting in. But I think uh, even if you're Oklahoma, if you go, you know, 12 and one, but if you have a hiccup against you know, Kansas State, like they're still going to get in. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, I think it's going to be a Big 12. Uh, team ahead of a Pac-12 team. I wouldn't be surprised because there's so much unknown this year. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a total crapshoot for the last like two playoff spots. Yeah, like I mean, it, it is a weird year because we're coming in. That I mean, this is the first year in a long time where like the the real top ten. I mean, Georgia's returning a bunch of people. Oklahoma's t- returning a bunch of people, and the rest is a lot of turnover. Yeah, a lot. It's not just that. I mean. There's so many players that got an extra year, um, and not like your stars, but like your program guys that you know 
know, stay for five years. I mean, those guys got an extra year, so they can come back if they want. Oh, yeah. Jordan's so entire many tra- Yeah, there's so many transfers. And then yep. it's just, I don't know, man. It's going to be, it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a wild season. I think it's going to be the wildest season we've had since like 2007, which was the craziest year of all time. Yeah, I will have to agree to it. 2007 was like the greatest college football year. Um, I, yeah, I agree. There's going to be, it's going to be great college football any which way you cut it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not looking for a whole lot out of these two conferences uh, other than the usual suspects. Right. Yeah, I mean, neither of these conferences realistically are going to get two teams in. It's this not is, happen. Yeah, and and honestly, this is why uh, this is our first conference preview of these two conferences because we feel like out of the Power Five, they're probably the least to write home about. That, and we know nothing about the Pac-12. Yeah, we're just going to go <laughs> ahead and get that out of the way. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's just you know, it's. Hard. I mean, I, I the only really the, the only Pac-12 games I got out of my way to watch is the ones that come on at like eleven when everybody else is done. And all yeah. of those were, you know, usually Mike Leach and Washington State games, which are always a blast. And there's nothing better than a Mike Leach post-game press conference. Which yeah. he, I'm I pretty sure I remember watching the Arizona-Arizona State game last year, and that one was very entertaining. I think they scored, they scored a ton of uh, Yeah, I believe they did. I believe it was just back and forth, back and forth. Um, the Mike Leach years at Washington State were a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I remember watching – oh, no, never mind. Arizona State scored a ton of points. Arizona only scored seven. <laughs> it was seventy to seven. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. Oh my god, I don't know what game I'm thinking of now, but there was. I feel like maybe it was Washington or I don't know who it was, but there, yeah, there's always a Pac-12 game that's just like, oh, fifty-three to fifty, cool. <laughs> well, there was the. I remember I watched in 2019. It was the. It was the Washington State. I want to say it was the UCLA game where UCLA was down by like. 30 in the third quarter and they came back and won and that was like the craziest game <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you're right that did happen it, it somehow came back and won that game i think i think what happened was i started watching the game at like halftime i like checked out and like put on youtube or something and then i got like a i don't know if it was a bleach report notification or something they were talking about the comeback so i turned it back on and watched the end of it but yeah well, and I think you hit it on the head right there as well. That's that's another issue with Pac-12 games. It's just because of their lack of relevance in recent years, the fact that every game starts at between 9.30 and 10.30. Well, I think – I'm pretty sure this year they're going to have some games that start at like 7 a.m. local time. So they're going to have like noon games. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh I mean, Larry Scott completely screwed up that conference. Yeah, I remember them talking about it. Know that it had actually gone through because I remember USC I was pretty pretty upset because they were going to have to start a game at like they were, they were going to have to start at like five a.m. to get ready for a noontime game. Yeah, it's which not, I yeah. don't really understand the difference because I mean, if they're going to play eleven or twelve game, we do that all the time. Well, in my in my opinion, it probably be better for them because it'll get more people to actually show up to the games because that way you still have your whole afternoon to go do something. Yeah, I feel like that's your biggest issue now. One, their games start; all their games are pretty much at nighttime or late afternoon, especially right. in like Los Angeles and those places. I mean, there's there's other things to do besides football, so there's like no one oh, over no, there. Oh no, 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 no! We're saying it wrong. They're they're gonna have to start playing at like I think it was like nine a.m. games. Yeah, that's so, what I was, so, that's what I said at first. They're because they're trying to get like the noon 
like the noon Eastern kickoff slot. Okay, uh, for some reason I thought we said it backwards, but yeah, they're trying to get some noon games, so they're going to have to start at like yeah. eight nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to have players getting up at like three or four on game day, and that's that's going to be some sloppy football. I mean, that's Pac-12 for you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So I guess. Uh, I guess we can do one last thing for the Pac-12. You think uh, Oregon's going to win it all? A national championship? No, 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 no. Just the Pac-12 conference. Oh, yeah. I, I do. Who's your surprise team, do you think? You think in Arizona State? I think Arizona State makes a championship game. Okay. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if USC made it, but I, I think Arizona State can – I think they can give them a run for the money. I think they're, you may see a situation where all the players that are there kind of bond around the – Know, the bad boy image of you know we committed a bunch of recruiting violations and they really grouped together for this one year. It may all crumble apart after this year once they get hit with infractions, but I can see that. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Oregon's going to win it all for the Pac-12, but I'm going to say my surprise team. Uh, I'm going to say my surprise team is Stanford. What do you? What would you consider a surprise for Stanford? Like nine and three. Um, making it to the championship game nine and three, yeah. Well, they're something. in the they're in the north, aren't they? So if they're in the north, Oregon can't win at all. Wait, are they? Did yeah, I... I'm pretty sure they are. I think you're right. So yeah, we'll just go with a uh, better record. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so nine and three, Stanford. Okay. Yeah, let's see. Let me double check that. Yeah, they're not going to beat Oregon. They had the yeah. same record as Oregon last year, so actually they had a better record. They went four and two, and Oregon went four and three. <laughs> well, I think Oregon went four and three because of the Pac-12 championship. Ah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I, I would say I don't know. It could be they could beat Oregon. That would be a huge surprise. Um, I don't foresee that happening though. <laughs> uh, big, um, same thing for the Big Twelve. What, what do you think? I think Oklahoma wins it. Yeah. For okay, sure. They're just, they're just more talented than Iowa State. Um, my surprise team? Give me Texas, I guess. I mean, uh, not a, a TCU, West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Baylor, Kansas. I don't see any of those really surprising me. Yeah. Like I, I said, I, Oklahoma State hovers around 9-3, 8-4 every year, so that really wouldn't surprise me unless they go undefeated. So give me Texas to do something, I guess. All right, and I will say Oklahoma T- State would be my surprise for them to actually not lose games <laughs> and maybe uh, challenge Oklahoma for real. I don't know if they will, but that would be my that'd be my surprise. So yeah, Fair enough. If they go if they go nine and two, ten and one, which I seriously doubt, but that'd be a surprise. Um, you got anything? Any other other thing to talk about on these conferences? I mean, not really. I think, uh, I mean, like I said, these are probably two conferences. I mean, Pac-12 is a conference up all the least for sure. Um, yeah. I watch the Big 12, but I don't really keep up with it too much. Big yeah. 12 is because it's, it's weird because the Big 12 games, you're usually like they usually start at noon. There's usually at least one other SEC game on. So I'm usually like that's the one that's got my attention, and I don't know. You just get score updates, but I don't. I don't ever feel like I actually like pay attention to those games because you know I've got a three monitor set up in my office, 
So usually the game I'm paying attention to has the top monitor to itself and the sound's on. And then I'll have like four other games on the second monitor while I'm usually doing whatever I'm doing on the first monitor. So I don't really, it's hard to pay attention to five games at once when I'm doing other things too. So. Oh yeah, that's for, that's for sure. And I mean, I'm over here. <laughs> I just don't get that kind of time to dedicate to it. So, yeah. I mean, I'm watching the teams I want to watch. But, I watch, I mean, I watch 10 hours of football pretty much every Saturday. I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm checking in constantly for 10 hours, but, uh, and that's something we should probably entertain. We should probably do a pick'em league uh, uh, to go along with this. Didn't we try to do that last year, and then I forgot about like week three? Well, if we're doing this podcast to go along with it. That's true. We could probably actually I mean, we, could just, whatever, we, we could do a small, small time. If anyone, else, you know, if any of our loyal listeners, like any of you, like six people that actually listen to this podcast, if y'all want in, let us know. Hey, we got to start somewhere, so You're we'll right. start with You're six right. of them. Um, well, uh, the only other thing that I can think of to talk uh, talk about regarding Big Twelve and Pac Twelve is what do you think about the potential alliance? Um, that these conferences are talking about. So it's the, the Big Ten. It's not the Big 12. Oh, the Big 12 is not in. Yeah. Big yeah. 10, Pac-12. Big 10, ACC, and Pac-12. Yeah. Um, where everyone's assuming the Big 12 is going to dissolve. It's going to have to. Yeah. They, there's not there's not going to be a team left that's got enough name brand recognition to like hold this thing together. Um, yeah. I think it'll be interesting. I think it's a power play from primarily the ACC and the Big Ten to keep the SEC from being the one that makes all the decisions. Um, I, I do I do ultimately think that this is the beginning of the end of the NCAA running college football. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. The NCAA is – they're toothless now. Right. Um, so I, I think it's a good idea. I think you got the two – Tier two conferences and the tier three conference, in my opinion, in the Pac-12. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a smart idea. How it all works, I don't know, um, but I think it, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much what you're going to have to do. And I've thought from the very beginning that this is going to end up becoming like an AFL or AFC NFC type deal for college football, be the SEC and everyone else. And I don't know what you call it, but. Well, they're uh, from the way I look at it, they're positioning themselves to have the SEC eventually join their "quote unquote" alliance, and then they're going to kick out the NCAA. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean, at that point, you could realistically say it's four. I mean, it's four conferences. You got West, East, South, and North. Yeah. And, and it's something we were talking about off air. I mean, the NCAA has done nothing but show that they care about recruiting violations and kind of holding players under thumb, and they don't really care about real crime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really want you know, I don't want to, I not, don't want to get into LSU stuff. I uh, don't want to get into better stuff, really, because I mean, this podcast is for us to joke and have fun. There's nothing fun about any of those topics, but yeah, I mean, the NCAA has had their priorities messed up for years. Uh, yeah, and that's my point. It's not to bring up individual schools. It's just that the NCAA is, they are laughably a leadership of whatever you want to call it. <laughs> like a ruling body over college football, I guess. 
I mean, they just, it, it, I mean, the Baylor stuff, I mean, that was from, what, three or four years ago, and they just finally made a ruling on it. Yeah. Um, what well, the comment we made about Mizzou earlier, I mean, Mizzou did what you're supposed to do, it's right. self-reported, and then they, they punished them for yeah. it. I mean, they're saying the LSU stuff won't be resolved for at least a year. And that's just, I mean, most of that's just the basketball stuff, really. Yeah, and, and here's something about that. There's a real case that the NCAA is going to be a non-factor by the time that gets solved. So there's realistic right. that nothing happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a, it's an interesting time in college football, for sure. Um, with all the, I mean, it's just, it's almost the Wild West. Like we talked about last week, I mean, with name, image, and likeness, and conference restructuring, and, and transfer portal, transfer I mean, portal. I mean, that's I mean, yeah. I mean, it is nothing we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, and it's like you were talking about earlier with uh, DJ Ingolalele, uh signing a deal with Dr Pepper. I mean, I just feel like that's that is wild. <laughs> I, yeah, mean, I mean, that is the title sponsor of the college football playoff, giving a most likely six figure contract to a quarterback of a one of the top premier schools. It's just crazy. Yeah, and when you say six figure, I mean it's probably closer to seven. I mean it's probably up there. I mean yeah, it's 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 probably a good bit of money. I I'm not gonna venture to guess how much you're giving them. Um yeah, I mean I'm, it's it's wild. Yeah. I mean for a quarterback said one career start. Or two, uh, two yeah, career I get, starts. Yeah. I mean <laughs> It doesn't seem to be enough to warrant so much money, but I mean, Alabama quarterback just signed a fat deal and he's, he's taking never a snap. A he's <laughs> never, never started a game, so this is his squad. Although I will have to give it to him, the kid looks like he's got a lot of talent, so he seems like a safe bet. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll get to this when we do the SEC again. But to me, I mean, the question is Bill O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is he going to be an offensive coordinator? Or is he just going to be a butt chin who has no idea what he's doing? Cause... I mean, you're going from <laughs> Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, even Mike Loxley. He was a good game day play caller. Bill O'Brien is, I don't know. I just, it to me, there's a clear drop off from those three to him. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think he is as good a coach as advertised. But, I mean, there is a pretty big jump from college football to the NFL so maybe his chops are uh, maybe they look a lot better on a college football field than they did in the NFL yeah, I mean he made the playoffs didn't he uh, when the I'm AFC pretty, South was just a complete shambles but yeah but I feel like Deshaun Watson did that <laughs> well yeah but I mean you got the Colts with no luck you got the Jaguars who were up and down at best and then the Titans pre uh yeah, pre the king. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was there, but he, that first year or so, he didn't do a whole lot. But, yeah, once he got rumbling for that and all the problems that are plaguing the Texans now, I mean, got I mean players, the, the got issue, players saying it's like a prison environment. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's very few coaches who can do the whole head coach GM thing. Uh, he obviously can't. Um, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jury's still out. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's tricky when you're the head coach and the GM at the same time. I mean, I, I, I feel like that, uh, DeAndre Hopkins trade is looking better every day. <laughs> yeah, as, uh, God, what's running about David Johnson? Is he still on the team? Uh, yeah, I believe he is. I mean, I, he better be. <laughs> Talk about a one, one hit wonder. 
that guy won so many people fantasy leagues and then just dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah, he's still he's still with the Texans, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, how did he get so old so fast? <laughs> That's the life of NFL running back, man. Yeah, I mean, he's 29. I just feel like he missed a lot of good years of football with injury. Yeah. So how do you feel about the Falcons being the first team to be fully vaccinated? Uh, kind of like Nebraska with getting football started, you know, sweet moral victories. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I don't look for the Falcons. I know it's just preseason, and I will say the defense looked really good. But they absolutely got trounced by Tennessee. And I didn't want. I haven't watched a single snap of preseason football. I mean, it's preseason football. I mean, you can go zero and four and make the Super Bowl, yep. <laughs> or you can be Baltimore and you haven't lost a preseason game like since twenty sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> when I was really into fantasy football, I watched like every preseason game. I just they don't do it for me anymore. Well, especially this year because there's only there's only three of them. So I mean, they're right. they're they're really focusing on the question marks. They're not. Um, your starters aren't going to get a lot of playing time at all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they said like Burrow's going to play like maybe a series, and that's it. Yeah, it's just not worth it. I mean, knock some rust off, sure, play a couple series, but I mean, it's not worth it to potentially have a guy who had his knee destroyed last year get hurt again. Yeah, especially in your offensive line, is probably not much better. Uh, I think it'd be a little bit better. I mean, it's going to be a little bit better, but it's not going to be a world of difference. Yeah, no, it's not going to be those Tom Brady, New England Patriots offensive lines, but. Yeah, but, you know, I feel like there's going to be a lot of good football. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i excited to even have the preseason back, you know. I'm willing to watch anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know, preseason just didn't do it for me. Of course, I'm not huge on the NFL anymore. You um, know, I'm, I'm not either. I feel like it uh, – I mean, it's, it's again, it's not about getting political or anything like that, however you feel one way or another. I just want to watch football to just kind of distract myself for a little bit of time right. from these issues. And I understand, like, these NFL players, they got huge platforms. So, you know, you, you've got everything from, you know, ex-players like Work Done building houses for people to uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's just a TikTok star. <laughs> I think my biggest thing is I'm so burnt out after watching, like, 10 hours of college football the day before that I just I don't. I don't really play watch football on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing too: like NFL football and college football, the talent level is just vastly different, and you can see it. But right. the e- effort level given by college players is just without a doubt. It's more exciting. Yeah, those guys are sacrificing everything because they're trying to get to the NFL, and right. the NFL to me seems like a lot of preservation, like. You're not going to sacrifice yourself in week three for yeah, you know, that extra the, yard. You know, if you're on the Cleveland Browns and you're, you know, sitting at four and ten, you know, you're not going to put it on the line. But you'll see a, you know, three and seven Oregon State team go into go into Oregon and pull off a major upset just because you know they they want it. So no, yeah, I get that hundred percent. Yeah, I mean. Sometimes, I mean, there's certain individual players who play like that at the the pro level, but very few. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like college football is still a much more pure version of the sport, even with all of what's going on. For now, who, for now, this may be the last. We may be in the death throes of <laughs> of whatever college football used to be, and it's just 
a kind of lesser version. I don't even want to call it semi-pro because a lot of these guys could probably play right now in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I mean Derek Stingley would have been, you know. I mean, obviously, know. Derek Stingley probably would have been, at worst, a second-round draft pick coming out of high school. Uh, and I'm not even going to argue that. That guy's was ridiculous he, as a freshman. When he, when he was coming out of high school, he tested in the 75th percentile of NFL cornerbacks as far as measurable goes. Not not college not college cornerback. NFL cornerbacks. Well, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I feel like that um, if you could, I don't know, get a second chance at evaluation, like Nick Chubbs running back from Georgia. I feel like that guy could have played running back at the NFL I mean, at 18 Leonard years Fournette. old. <laughs> Leonard Fournette. Um, I mean, tell me, tell me that Derrick Henry doesn't go pro at 16. <laughs> Dylan Moses, pro in the eighth grade. <laughs> that dude didn't even make a team. That's for Adam right there. Yeah, undrafted free agent, Dylan Moses. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit surprised by that. Uh, Monty Rice ended up getting drafted late. He may have been Mr. Irrelevant. Was he? No. No, I don't think so. But the fact that he got drafted and Dylan Moses didn't, that blew my mind. Uh, please refer to him by his full name, His Royal Majesty Dylan Moses. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, apologize. I apologize, Your Royal Majesty <laughs> Dylan Moses. All right, so Frank gave us the random topic, which is breakfast food. Um, you want to do that topic or you want to talk about this? <laughs> Uh, I, don't I mean, know. after the draft that we had, I feel like we beat the breakfast food thing to, you know, we just, we're just going to continue to beat the dead horse on this. Yeah, well, and I selected toast in the third round, so. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not, it was a great draft. For you. I won, I don't care what anybody else says, I won the draft. Well, I, I had a panic pick. I feel like we lost Logan in that draft, and then. No, we lost, we lost Logan when Conor McGregor broke his ankle, because <laughs> I talk so much shit Conor McGregor broke his ankle. Oh my God, Joe Rogan had a. Uh, oh God, Andrew Schulz is that it? I have no idea. Uh, stand-up comedian had him on his podcast. <laughs> they were talking about some guy having a uh, shin bone in his pants, and he just like without hesitation is just like, "Yeah, you should give it to Conor McGregor. He'll that ankle up." <laughs> I mean, there's been like three or four fights this year that have had just horrific leg injuries. Yeah, this seems to be. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I remember it happened to Silva. Is that who it happened to? It happened to Anderson Silva, and then Chris Weidman had it happen to him, who the guy that Silva broke his leg against. He had it happen to him earlier this year, Conor McGregor. And I think there was, like, one more on the same card as the Weidman one. I can't remember, I can't remember exactly what happened with that one. But, yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's a reoccurring theme. Like, if they can get through a, like, full UFC card without, like, a horrific leg injury, this, like, this year, it's a, it's a win. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, for random topic, we'll uh, we'll forgo the breakfast thing. Um, what do you think we should do? Dude, I don't know. Um, is there like a random topic website we can look? <laughs> yeah, let's give it a look real quick. Random topic generator. Right off the top. God bless Google. Uh, topics for. What is your favorite day of the week? Saturday. Easy. Yeah, Saturday. Next question. <laughs> what is the funniest TV series you have ever seen? I grew up on Seinfeld. Um, 
So that's always going to kind of be my answer. I grew up on Seinfeld and Cheers. I watched a lot of that when I was a kid, uh, which has warped my personality in ways that we can't even begin to dissect. Uh, I'm going to have to say home improvement or coach. Coach is a good one. I love coach. You know, it's a good one that uh, a more recent one is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We actually started watching the new season last night. Uh, got, I think they just gave out the first two episodes. But yeah, that is a criminally underrated show. It's hilarious. It is so good. It's so good. Uh, you know, Parks and Recreation is a good one. It takes a little while to get going, but it gets really funny by like season three or four. Um, the Office, obviously. I'm not a big Office person. Uh, it, it does have its funny moments. I just also am not a huge TV person. I was when I was younger. Right. I'm not a huge TV person either. Um, but a thousand percent, I'm going to have to go. I think I'll have to go with Coach. I really like Coach. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember the guy's name. Um, Larry, the assistant coach. Oh, yeah. God bless that man. <laughs> He's everything I would want an assistant coach or at least a strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I had to pick one to watch the rest of my life it would probably be honestly Seinfeld Seinfeld I mean I don't think you can go wrong the I great like thing Seinfeld about Seinfeld too. is you can literally just watch any episode at any time and you can kind of get with like you, it's not one of those shows where like it, everything builds on the last episode because it's I mean it's just random topics and there's just so many great episodes agreed alright we'll do we'll do one more because it's just a spitball here if you could pick any cartoon you watched a kid, as a kid to be made into a live-action film, what would it be? Man, that's a tough one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say uh, Thundercats. <laughs> I feel like this is a cheap answer because there's been so many Batman movies, but I've recently been going back and started rewatching Batman the Animated Series, and it's still it still holds up today. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will have to agree with you on that. I don't even know if you could make that as a as a movie. That standalone is so good. Also, I, I can't I can't believe as kids we were allowed to watch that. Dude, for real, <laughs> like it's it's pretty graphic, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, which I feel like we probably came up at a different time because. Uh, oh, I don't for know. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I grew up on Batman the Animated Series, which is just Batman just completely destroying people and very dark storylines. Seinfeld and Cheers. You know, that, that's my childhood right there. Yeah. So, tells sure. you everything you need to know about me. <laughs> well, probably everything we need to know about <laughs> our whole generation. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, if anybody wants to go back and watch Batman the Animated Series, they did it all on HBO Max, and I'm pretty sure it's like every episode ever. Oh, well, I'm going to have to go check this out because I love that show. If you If you haven't watched a good bit of like the DC um, animated movies, they're really good. They don't do the live action movies as well as Marvel does, but their animated movies are significantly better than, than Marvel's. And they're all on HBO Max. Well, I'll have to give that a check then. Um, a lot of the Batman ones are really good. Um, the Justice League ones are pretty good. Those are the ones I mostly have watched. Um, they're all pretty good. Yeah. I... Um... I, I just got my HBO Max back, and um, I have no idea what's on there. <laughs> we watched something the other night. Um, I can't even think of what it was. Um, either way, though. 
I like HBO Max. Um, yeah, it's loaded with great stuff. Well, it's because it's HBO and Warner Brothers, so there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover between those two. Yeah, that's true. Um, an underrated show on HBO Max, uh, Bored to Death. If you've never seen that one, no, I haven't. It's Zach Galifianakis before he got like really famous. Um, Ted Danson is also one of the main characters. Tiny Dancing Man. And um, God, what's his name? Jason Schwartz is the main character. <laughs> nice. He's a he's a writer that becomes like a private detective because he wants to write like private detective kind of novels. Yeah. Um, it's 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 an underrated show for sure. I'll have to give that a check. I have to watch that. Yeah, it only went on for like three seasons, so it's a pretty quick watch. Oh well, I uh, I think we've exhausted our time and our topics. Yeah. Um, next week we're gonna do the Big Ten and the ACC. We'll know those teams a little bit better than we did the teams today. So that should be a little bit more interesting. Um, at the end of the day, this is probably a throwaway episode. If you've made it this far, you probably already know that. So uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's us testing things out, just kind of getting in the groove of how we want to do this. Really. Yep, it's a formula we're working on as we go. Uh, so next week for sure going to be the ACC and Big Ten. Not Big, Big 10, 12, Big Ten. Big Ten, and then the following week will be the SEC season. Yeah, we'll review the couple of games that happen um, before week one officially kicks off, and then uh, we'll go over the SEC. Uh, don't forget Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit. Uh, we got all those. Um, I don't know the actual names or links to any of those. Frank will be the person in charge of that. And then um, next week we will for sure have all that prior and we will start listing that. <laughs> yes. Um, Jared, that'll be your job. All right. This sounds like a plan. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash football lab podcast. And from the heavens above, Frank, Frank has graced us. Frank is uh, Twitter.com forward slash football lab pod. Um, Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash football lab pod. Uh, Reddit page, Frank. If you follow us on everything, uh, there probably won't be a lot to start with, but as the season goes on, we're definitely going to start posting stuff and definitely going to use it. Yeah, we'll. Yeah. I'm not so, a huge so, social media guy, but we'll, we'll get into it. But yeah, reddit.com, uh, r backer forward slash football podcast, football lab podcast. Football lab podcast. Because I can read. <laughs> that Georgia education. All right. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for listening. Um, we'll see y'all next week. Yep. Uh, Adam, if you're out there, uh, you're still short. <laughs> I hope, uh, I hope I don't see any time soon or I will spill tea all over you. <laughs> all right. Later. Later. <laughs>